Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. Okay, this episode was recorded on the 30th of May. So if it seems like we're operating without all the facts, understand that you're listening to a time capsule that's about a week later from when this was released. Don't worry, though. Our follow-up episode will address some of the more recent events, especially what's going down in Minneapolis and, uh, and then some... Enjoy. I keep forgetting. <laughs> I'm starting to lose it, man. <laughs> Cabin fever. <laughs> it's the starting pressure. to sink in. <laughs> the pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> How you been, man? Oh, busy. It's busy. It's uh, it's it's. You know, it's weird. It's it's it's. It is funny. Um. You know, you, you watch all these movies like Colony, Pandemic, uh, you know, that at, at, at the end of the world, there's this sort of like a, a bunch of anarchy and then there's like a state of calm that occurs and then people will just go on with life. Well, there's no state of calm. It's just really busy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's trying to get everything ready, prepared to, to st- restart the world. Um, so it's, it's, it's almost like the movie, the, the B movie of the core where they start, you know, uh, dropping nuclear bombs in the core of the earth and trying to get the to spin properly again. Um, a whole bunch of people die, but you know, yikes. And then I start watching the news and it becomes like, uh, the song for what it's worth. Um, right. Uh, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> Buffalo Springfield, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, a good tune. So, huh. It's very, very timely and appropriate right now. I think we should remake it. Yeah, I suppose so. It's, it's insane. Like, people are talking about getting back to the new normal a lot lately, and I'm still wondering if you know it's too soon. And I think there's a lot of Canadians that kind of share that sentiment as well. That, uh, hey, listen, you know, you start opening things up this quickly and uh, you're going to have another outbreak. And we've already seen just like even in Ontario, you saw just after Mother's Day, there was a spike in in cases that were that was showing up. Um, And so it seems to me like if we start opening things up again, uh, it's going to be it's going to be no change. Like it, it, it will will have a regression. Well, we will, um, you know, uh, it's like we go back So the, the healthcare saying it's like, uh, you may not be wearing your mask right now, but we've got to the point where we have a bed for you type of deal. Uh, like I wear my mask, like I went to Rona today and, um, wearing my mask and people think I look at me as if I'm stupid, like, cause there's so few people wearing masks. Like <clears throat> the virus has not gone away. No. And if you figure that the actual um, number of people that have gotten the virus is a hundredfold higher than what was been detected, it would scare you because that's oh, the reality of it. For you sure. Because how many people haven't been tested? That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Well, just look at the death count. Like I was reading in a couple of different uh, articles. There was one on The Economist uh, saying that – where was it? There's a – it was also in the BBC. The U.S. has hit 100,000 deaths that – the number of U.S. servicemen and women killed in Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan combined over an aggregate 44 years of fighting is almost exactly the same as the number of Americans who have now lost their lives to coronavirus in just three months. That's crazy. Well, yes. And then you have like Donald Trump uh, providing misinformation on on it. He's he's redirecting. He's, he's, he's taking what would be only a... A small thing, a smaller thing, um, and he just whatever news that isn't about him, he keeps throwing he makes it uh, about him fuel on the fire to, to well to diverge away from his performance on COVID nineteen. So World Health the the news on the World Health Organization his attack on that is purely as a smokescreen to keep keep uh, attention away from how poorly of a job he did with. Uh, the, the his his team's handling of the coronavirus. Well, and in and fact, and the still CDC doing. on all other major outbreaks was present at the at all the major briefings. Here, the CDC is mute. So it is scary times, man. It is scary times when science is being diluted for political gain. It is freaking scary. Yeah. Well, you've got that, and then you've got this whole mess in Minneapolis with this cop who killed this uh, killed this dude. He's now been charged with uh, third degree murder and manslaughter. What was his name? Uh, was it Flynn? I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Just so we can do due diligence here. Uh, it's not that his name wasn't important. It is important. So it is important. Know. That's why. That's why I want to make sure I get it right. Um, and then there's rioting going on. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. George Floyd. Not Flynn. Floyd. Sorry. Yeah. So George Floyd. Um uh, do you know? Do you know the the, the gist of this story? I, I'm assuming you've been tracking it. I mean, it really became I know, I know, after the I know. president's tweets. I, I mean, it was news, that, but people have seen seem to be waking up even more, especially with rioting going on and with uh, with Trump's uh, tweets about it, saying he's <laughs> like people will be shot on sight if they go against the military, <laughs> like. And not in not those words, but it's pretty much what it sounded like. No, I, I think this is another another sad story in, in the saga of African people trying to assert themselves as equals within the U.S. Uh, I know the U- the African embassies, the U.S. embassies in Af- Africa have sent a joint statement um, or a series of statements. I can't remember which one it was. Um, saying that it's it's uh, it could it condemns the the poor treatment of African Americans, um, but it's what was I going with this? 
it's 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 sad. It's 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 it's, it's sad, and and they become they're becoming the the whole thing is becoming another um, political tool for people to, to be exploited. They don't most people don't see it, but um, for example, Black Lives Matter was exploited by Russian uh, trolls to mm-hmm. inflame. Uh, inflame things during the presidential election. Um, like much of the steam that they had has died out. So, but you know, a few months from now, we have another American election. So how we go about it and how we re- respond to it must be unbiased and they need to be behave responsibly in order to understand what they're doing. The problem is, is that the bias is, even if you want to attempt to show uh, zero bias in this whole thing and make sure that we try and uphold the letter of the law, the thing is that the law has been kind of stacked against uh, the black community in a lot of these places, right? Like, they, uh, what was that? I was reading it. Uh, I, was, I was reading about, uh, what the hell? trying to look for it again i'm sorry i'm not doing well here shit i had it i had a friggin go ahead keep going no you're 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 right um and the rights have uh been um diminished over time how how they do representation how they allocate money to schools yeah that's it's totally been a problem but the thing is, it's, it's not a new problem. Like it's happened to black, or sorry, African Americans, or minorities, I should say, in the U.S. Because you know the there's also a problem with um, uh, Mexican or Latino suburbs too. But in the U.K., it was always an argument against the class systems that they had. Um, so that's that. It's it's a same story, different time. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, um, uh, the song uh, for what it's worth. It's it's like it's timeless. And we always go back to the issues of poverty, race, inequality, and how that pertains to what we do and how we act. And there's I was reading some I was two weeks ago on The Economist. They're talking about um, did you read the article on zip codes? Mm hmm. So what happens is uh, they did some some tests. Now you say, well, it, it all has to do with African Americans. So let's say let, let's just use the case of a racist person. They're going to say that the black people are by nature corrupt. And I met lots of Ab- uh, Indian in, Indian from India, yeah. uh, cab drivers that would say, um, you know. Islam preaches violence. They're, you know, we gave them Pakistan, and now they're in our country. And they said that they're all violent people. And the point being is that now there's identification by by race and religion. But what the Zipco study did in the U.S. is that they took black, uh, low income black people, and they shifted them schools. I did hear about okay. that. So yeah, they relocated them so, so that way. Yeah. Yeah, so they put them in a, in a in a different zip code school, one where it's predominantly white, and what they found was they were several folds times higher to go to college. 
several full times how to do better in life, several full times better not to go to turn to crime. So it's how we've been allocating funding and education um, to these people that actually is, is the limiting factor. But I'm not, I'm not just pointing the thumb at the you know the U.S. But if you look at our Aboriginal people, the way we treated them, you might have some some other comparisons here. Oh, for sure. I mean, the way that the things like uh, the projects, right? Um, I, I don't know where serves. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of getting at is like they're just like okay. We don't necessarily like dealing with you people, but we don't want to be perceived as racist. So we're going to be seen to be doing something that we that could be considered positive, like basically relocating what they consider to be a problem to a location that can be kind of ignored by other people around the area. Right. I'm saying very I'm using very, very vague terms, very generic terms, but it's like it's it's kind of it's like racist policies uh, in incarnate. Um, uh, another example is and I actually I found the article from from The Economist as well was uh, they were talking about why the prosecution of a Minneapolis police officer is such a rarity. Um, the fact that he actually got charged with third degree murder. Uh, it actually makes him an outlier, according to the, the article, um, because police, in fact, enjoy a degree of legal protection from what they call uh, it's called qualified immunity. And it's a federal law that gives Americans the like, sorry, federal law gives Americans the right to sue government officials who violate their constitutional rights. But in a case called Pearson versus Ray, which was in 1967, the Supreme Court held that public officials who commit good faith rights violations are entitled to qualified immunity. So it's basically to intended to shield them against frivolous lawsuits. But then when you have like the militarization of, of the police force, as we've been seeing over the last few decades, escalation of force, um, it's uh, the, the, you could say the yardstick for what uh, good faith is, is, uh, has it's become meaningless. You know, totally, totally. It's, uh, it's, it's sad, scary. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things is we need to, they need to organize, uh, like the tea party. Um, you find that any great movement needs a leader. And that's why sort of the people tell that black lives matter, struggled a bit because it didn't have a single leader and then it needs to take that energy that they've ramped up and turn it into a political movement mm -hmm. um hopefully well, this turns into a political movement because it, it I, I think it needs to well you need a lead like you need leadership for that to be the be the case and not just because right now it, it appears to be just a bunch of you know a bunch of people who uh, are angry and disgruntled and they're acting out and they're you know they're lighting buildings on fire and and committing uh, you know arson crimes and all kinds of stuff but uh, in order for it to become a legitimate political movement you need a leader I mean look at the why uh, why the um, 
why Martin Luther King's uh, march was so successful, why his speeches were it became it basically became a political movement because of his his leadership style, how he went about doing things. I saw a video recently, which is kind of fascinating to me. Um, it's called uh, it's called How Great Leaders in- Inspire Action. And uh, I don't know what, how, what you think about this guy. It's that Simon – is it Simon Sinek? Sinek? He's that kind of uh, – he seems like a business kind of entrepreneur type, and he also does a lot of public speaking. He, he's the one who went viral for talking about how to employ millennials in the workplace. Uh, and in this video, he talks about how uh, the big thing that he says is people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So he's talking. He's giving examples like why people buy Apple products, even though they're some of the most expensive products on the on the planet um, for the in the tech uh, tech sector. Um, he talks about the Wright brothers. Why why was it them? Why was it the Wright brothers who came up with the the first manned flight? Um, uh, you know, uh, and why was uh, why wasn't it somebody else who had more resources, more financing? more market marketing uh power all that kind of crap um so it is kind of interesting um but he the one thing he did talk about was with uh was with martin luther king he says uh he says martin luther king said i have a dream not i have a plan i thought that was kind of interesting how he said because like people bought into in a time when we didn't have the internet or um, you know, you couldn't send out mass uh, messages to a bunch of people. Yet somehow, you know, hundred thousand people show up for uh, a, a speech that he's going to give just through the con, just through word of mouth. So, for something like a Black Lives Matter movement to work, I think they need leadership at that level. Well, they need they need motivation. I mean, it, you, I'd say they're forget, motivated. Like, you, no, you, you, no. Well, no, no. There's, there's there's motivation. There's being pissed off, and then there's throwing a bunch <laughs> of shit. Yeah. And then there's having and there's having a temper tantrum, and then there's organization for organizing for change. Um, and I think that's that's the piece. Is like you gotta like you gotta beat them at their own game. You have to motivate and rally together to make that to happen, and you need to to make sure that your message is clear and articulate, and you need to quench the the dissension within your movement uh, to make sure the message is clear and it's simple, and that everybody everybody can buy onto it. Because right now, they need a more centrist president to try and uh, you know um, they're relying over. On- yeah, they're re- relying on the federal administration to do that for them, and it's obviously failed horrifically. Um, but here's the question I have for you, though, is they, you know, one could make the argument they've tried that before. They've tried to make a reasoned and sound argument, and they've tried to speak the language of of the uh, the controlling uh, majority, right? They've tried to they've tried to do that. And in the last few decades, yeah, you may have made some, they may have made some movement with regards to the civil rights movement, but then you have things like Rodney King happening, and then you have all the, all this shit that go on, uh, went, went and happened in places like Charlottesville. And, uh, 
and just and now now with uh, George Floyd, like it's it just seems to me like you know if I'm if I'm in that movement, if I'm part of the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm thinking the only way they're going to listen to us is if we use violence because nothing else is working. You know, no. Well, violence, some of them, give, some of them would them, think no, that. No, no, no. You give them violence, then you have cause. You, you become subversive. Um, that's the the beauty of Martin Luther King. It wasn't about that. So um, look at. Well, his wasn't necessarily okay. So the way I'm going back to Simon Sinek again, the way he describes it is that Martin Luther King wasn't necessarily talking about. Uh, like, yes, he was talking about uh, civil rights and he was like, that was the kind of the the face, uh, the face argument of what he was trying to get at. But the way that uh, the way that he described the whole uh, in his speeches was that there's there's two different sets of laws. And this is according to, you know, this is according to Martin Luther King, whether you believe in in uh, religion and that kind of stuff is is on you. Uh, it's up to you. It's up to you, basically. But. The way that he organized it was there are two different sets of laws. There are laws that come from a higher power, and then there are laws created by man. And his his philosophy was that the laws that are created by man are not in line with the laws of higher power, and we need to work until we get it to that point. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> you probably don't know what to do with that, but it was, eh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> Just go watch the video. <laughs> I'll send you a link. It's a it's a twenty minute video, so you can watch it later. Did you just pull? Did you pull? Just, you, or, sorry, did you just pull? That's what he said, or uh, do what he said? Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't know. So it's, it's some interesting stats. Uh, Seventy-two as of um, twenty ten census says self-identified as white seventy-two percent, identified as Hispanic sixteen percent, identified as black twelve percent. So and then there's small fractions of everybody else. So what in in the US. Black Lives? Oh, or just the demographics of the U.S. in general. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, <sighs> I don't. Uh, when you concentrate them, when you concentrate them, it becomes a problem. So. Well, it's not just when you concentrate them; it's when you concentrate them in an area and then uh, don't afford them the same opportunities that uh, other. Um, that the majority of the, especially white population, has right. You don't provide enough funding for schools. You don't provide the same level of funding for schools that you do provide for some of the white communities and and all that kind of crap. I, like I'm, I'm severely unqualified to be talking about this, but um, no. What we're what we're doing is we're showing support. We're saying that we don't understand the full complexity of the problem. Yeah. We're saying that you know. We we're we're not happy with that status quo. We're, no, we're not. We're, in Winnipeg and everywhere else, there's several other publications in Canada where they're staging uh, sympathetic protests or uh, s protests of solidarity. 
um, this is our way of trying to deal with it. Like we, we've, we talked about, uh, racism before and, you know, equal people, equal rights, uh, is, is something we believe in. It's a value that we want to push, push forward. And by talking about it, we're just trying to show our support to saying, listen, it's an issue. And we're saying why we believe that we should support them. Yeah. And I think that's it. Totally. So we should probably switch gears here because uh, this is getting a little depressing. <laughs> uh, what did I, What else did I have? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, we're down to under 300 or under 200 new infections every day in Ontario. So, hey, that's good. But it did, we did have a spike, like I mentioned before, and I have I imagine we're probably going to see another spike uh, in the aftermath of uh, the Victoria Day long weekend. The Bell Park episode. <laughs> what's that? The Bell Park. What's the Bell Park or uh, where's the park in Toronto where everybody congregated? Hyde Park. Hyde Park. Yeah. Is it Hyde Park? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Be. So that's crazy. Um, yeah. No cure for stupid. No, there is no cure for stupid. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on, man. Like, oh, <laughs> here's one for you. Did you see that Global News article about uh, military teams raising concerns about conditions at, at Ontario care homes? Yep. Wow. Holy... That is fucking terrifying. I had no idea. You said you had a little bit, uh, you, you've had a little bit of insight in on this. Yeah, it, it's they're not a place I want to go. <laughs> no, not at all. But it's it's funny. We talked about it. Uh, I mentioned the story before where I was talking about my neighbor. It, you know, traditionally, old people would live with their with their their their, their uh, children until they died. Um. Now it's a baby boomer construct for them to create little personal care homes for them to die in. Um, so it, it's uh, it's a very different way of you know looking at it in the sense is the it's a boomer construct and now the baby boomers are inside it. Yeah, they've created a prison now that they're now inhabiting. <laughs> uh, okay. An, another problem that Generation X has to clean up. Yeah. I got a question for you because I was thinking about this because I was editing a, our previous episode and this subject came up as well about how it's it's one generation's concept and another generation has to fix it up. What is the uh, I don't know what how, how am I trying to frame this question? How why do we point to generations as points for blame as opposed to this is a problem that we as a society have created and therefore it is up to us to fix it whether doesn't matter what generation you belong to like i i appreciate you picking that up um what you need to do is it, it's 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 a set in jest okay i know i know i so, get it so like we 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 look at these problems and you know, as we get older, it, it, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. Like I, I found, like in my twenties, I was learning new things, and I built constructs in order to understand my world. 
And in my 30s, I started re-looking at understanding, you know, what's behind that construct that I built in order to understand my world. Now that I'm 40, um, I'm starting to look at it going, how that construct, now I see what's behind it, how do we get there? You know what I mean? Like, what led someone to, to make, a, make a rule? Like in Calgary for the longest time, you, it was a, it's a law on the books that said you must have a hitching post outside all business facilities for your horse. <laughs> no one follows that, but, but you understand why that rule got there. Yeah. And because and, in, in, if you read it now, you'd be like, that's bloody ridiculous. How could this possibly be? So you spend a well, lot of time understanding well, the issue. Like that would have evolved, right? Totally. So now when we when I look at it, you know, I was I wasn't the best history student, but now I I see what the professors were talking about. Yeah. Um, understanding what's going on, the the pretext of history is, and the context which led up to the event, matter a great deal in your mm-hmm. analysis for what's going on. So when we talk about Black Lives Matter, uh, the death, the rioting in the streets, rioting is bad, but but why are they rioting? What, what's the historical context, context behind it? What else happened in that sphere? What was the, pub, the political sentiment, sentiment? What was the financial predicament? What was, you know, what are the other inequalities that would drive this angst? And there's Life becomes so rich, it has so many aspects that is warranting studying to try and understand. Yes, I agree. Like, obviously, we need to understand things like that. But the fact that they're still happening, you know, 60, you know, 50, 60 years later, uh, it's that that's puzzling to me. Um, but I guess kind of getting back to the original question I had, and it's not just you that's doing it. It's, 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 it's something that I see all the time is people blaming other generations for problems that are currently being had. Uh, And honestly, I think it has more to do before coronavirus hit when we, you know, we're so fucking, we had it so good that we had to fabricate problems where there were none. Um, like, uh, but like the whole the whole impetus to blame blame a generation for something like millennials blaming gen, blaming baby boomers for the 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 current world that they find themselves in, or or uh, or baby boomers looking down on millennials for not getting it together because you know when I was when I was your age at twenty I had already bought my first house like the stupid shit like that right. That I don't understand. Um, it's like everybody's kind of got their own thing going. They've got their own individual thing that they have to figure out. Um, I'm kind of of the belief of just keep, you know, keep your eyes on your own plate. Figure out your own shit and do what you can to improve your your immediate surroundings. You know me. I I just look at the I look at the issue. I look at the circumstances, and then I deal with it. I don't, I don't spend time dwelling on it. Mm-hmm. But when you well, you know me. I think you know, a when lot you, when you talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we t- we take t- t- <laughs> anything I say just sends to meaning after that. But anyways, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um, 
when we uh, when we start looking at it, everybody likes to attribute cause. Mm. And my wife's my prayer. My wife's pretty good at. It. Well, why does that happen? What you know? What what is you know? Why we only have this amount of money in our bank account? I expect this amount. Well, dear, remember those all those at times you said whiskey? Can we get blah? Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's some moments in there where we just said. I said, okay, because I gave in because you nagged me. So there's the consequence. You just haven't dealt with the consequences yet. <laughs> you haven't but, recognized the aftermath of what it was you wanted. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like you, you can't just have um, your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Uh, but that's sort of what it comes to. Like my my parents are boomers, right? Yeah. So, and... Th- you know, when you when you when you as you're growing up, you know, is not good enough, is or is not that great, or what you're doing is a bad choice. You know, right. I, my my whole life was full of those, um, and I went further than all my siblings, hmm. much further. So, was it the was it what I was doing was wrong, or was their advice bad? And you start going back and you start debating these things. So then when you go, when you start looking at the major failures of society, how the boomers organize and produce stuff, well, it's kind of interesting if you think about it. Well, I think, I mean, I I think, think we, everything they did was bad, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I, like you, you raise a great question. Like, is it just, you know, is it, what did you say? Is it, uh, is it, I'm doing something wrong or is their advice bad or something like that? Um, I, I honestly, I think people just have different problems now. It's they're similar problems, um, and they're all kind of manageable. Although we have more information now than we know what to do with, like ev- than ever before, and yet we still have we haven't evolved. Um, it's not like we've had some great drastic evolution in our in our biology to be able to deal with it. That shit takes fucking millions of years uh, for that to, for us to be able to have that. But, um, but we also have the same amount of time in a day. There's still only 24 hours in a day. So like, I think it's just different problems that we have to deal with than previous generations had to deal with. And, you know, it's maybe, maybe previous generations had to deal with more physical problems, whereas we have to deal with more, you, I don't know if you want to call it cerebral problems. Uh, we, we have a lot of thinking problems that we have to figure out. Okay. So how do I get around this without, how do I do this efficiently without breaking myself or, uh, so that way I can prioritize it and spend as le- as as little amount of time as possible on this problem so I can move on to the 30 other problems that I have to deal with today, right? Like that's something that I'm finding myself just with my own job and moving into a new house and we're also running a podcast and we got to make sure that, you know, the kids are fed and taken care of and raised properly and all that kind of shit, right? So it's whole whack of different problems um not to not to minute or minimize uh previous generations and what they dealt with it's just different that's all i'm saying oh yeah and don't forget the screw up of antibiotics let's just go there too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so this the greatest so, tool mankind has ever developed and you screwed it up no yeah um it, it, they are different problem sets uh, but it, it, it's it's fun 
sometimes it's it's well i don't say it's fun <clears throat> the problem is that when i because i have a lot of elderly neighbors they go and criticize the whole construct i'm like your generation built it what have you done lately to change it yeah like what have you so done that, to actually fix anything around it like i think that's just a human problem and then, again it's it's, uh, I think, generational. Uh, I think having somebody's generation associated with it is kind of relevant. I think that's just gonna. That's just a part of human nature. Of there are a lot of people who would rather bitch and moan than actually do something about whatever uh, they're complaining about. Because mm-hmm. we have that in our generation. You have it in yours, and I have it in mine. Like that's the same. It's the same across the board. There's, there are some people who shape and some people who, who do shit. Who actually, you know, they're grinders and they figure out what to what to do to solve the problems that they're faced with and and help make a better local environment for themselves. And then there are others who are just like, oh, this sucks. This is gonna ruin my whole day. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's 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 crazy. I uh, so here's okay. Go ahead. You 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 got a point. No, go, go ahead. I was gonna do another tangent, but go ahead. Well, I was actually gonna switch gears here uh, because the one thing I was the reason why I brought up that that bit about the Ontario care homes because um, it was interesting because I also heard it on the radio and uh, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting that this came from the military. The report came from the military. And like historically speaking, I've th- I've been thinking about this, and um, that is one thing that in at least in the twentieth and twenty first centuries that uh, Western armies are very good at is record keeping. Um, that's something that I've I, I was thinking about that. It's just like they do it very well. Um, it's I don't know. It almost seems like like the army may potentially have uh, a positive change on societal shortfalls, you know? Um, can, I, uh, can I give you some other ideas to think about? Sure. So who, which, which part of the government is responsible for health care? Well, it's the Ministry of, uh, what the hell is it? Is it the Ministry of Health, the Department of Health or whatever? Yeah, what, what level does it sit in our federal society? What level does it sit? Oh, so it sits at the provincial level, does it not? Okay, and the provincial level is what? In Ontario? The provincial government. Is, I, I don't know what you're getting at here. It's conservative. Oh, okay. 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 Now, right. So it's conservative. Now, if a military, military organization sees something, does it habitually release it? No, it does not. It depends. I suppose it depends on the platform of the government and power of the, it, you know, it the typically does not release. Really? Well, so, no, we go to war all the time and we don't release. Hey, today we saw this, this going on. We don't release that stuff. Okay. Or we, well, we, we, as in, we, as in people who work for the government, but, um, yeah, no, that uh, makes sense. Like, because, you could jeopardize what? You could jeopardize operations okay. for people who are working in those locations? 
Yeah. So what? So just remember that healthcare workers are are have a taken oath, basically of secrecy. Yeah, the Hippocratic within oath, their, right? With, 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 no, no, that's that. different. Um, sorry. So this, what they do is they, they basically put a gag order on all healthcare workers. So if you do report anything as a whistleblower, you basically lose your job. So most time, uh, nurses and healthcare workers will not talk about how bad their conditions are, in fear of losing their job. Really? Huh. So you have an, so internally, like no one's no one's actually sequestering, uh, asking for the the safe reports. They're called safe reports in, in the healthcare system um, to how bad to what's going on. Um, no one's bringing those to light. You know how those aren't in the news? Why? Because they buried them. Hmm. Okay. No. Who's you they? Think these pro- the the Ontario well, government. The, well, I would say the the hotels, the hotel, the hospitals, the hospital system, and the care system. Right. And buried those those things. Then you pr- talk about a privatized system. The, their privatized system is there to make money. Mm-hmm. And not provide high quality care because how much money they make isn't dependent. Or sorry, yeah, the how much money they make is not dependent on the quality care they give the patient. Yeah, their output is not I'll focused. S- yeah, say that again. The quality, the how much money they make is not proportional to how much, uh, how well they care for the patient. So if you had, if your feedback was based on. Or sorry, if your payments were based on feedback, that would change the dynamic a great deal. So, I'm just what do you that mean if your payments were fe- based on feedback? Oh, so what if um, the overall health of the patient um, between the so let's say a three hundred sixty degree uh, peer review of the care? So the patient, the patient's family get a statement. The patient's going to say. And the doctor gets to say how well they're doing, and then you put a score on their health. So, how healthy they are, the better, the more money they're going to make. Or so then the like target, that. the target becomes patient care as opposed to making profit for some of these private companies, especially. No, no, the target will always be profit, but the motivator isn't the number of patients because you have a fixed fixed rate. The 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 target becomes quality of care. Make this As opposed focus. to strictly profit, which is what it seems like these companies no, are running it, right? That it seems that's how they're profit. running things. Yeah. Right now, it's right now it's profit is proportional to costs, sorry, revenue minus costs, and revenue is directly related to how many people you have, and your costs are the the limiting factor of how much you make. Yeah, I'm still confused. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but okay let's okay let's take a step back here because this is interesting that you mentioned that that um the organizations like the military do not traditionally release information like this unless are you saying that it might have served as a, uh, a political purpose for them to do this for the liberal government in power at the federal level to expose what's happening to uh, Ontario, the provincial, uh, the provincial government in power in Ontario. Well, it's not. I'm I'm not criticizing in any way, but I, I'm it just saying seems well timed. 
It's well timed. So you have a liberal gov- liberal minority government, and yeah. then and in the major population centers, you have these explosions of outbreaks, and you're trying to distance yourself from critiquing the the, the conservatives. So what you do is, you as a liberal uh, minority government, you get the uh, military to release the the information. Hmm. So I think there's. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. Because I I'm imagine the military wouldn't be allowed to release anything unless uh, they were given the go ahead from the uh, from the department heads or asked to. Or asked to. Yeah, that's a good point. That's interesting. So, like, I'm not. We're not. We're not. We're not uh, political experts here, but I'm no. just putting a whole bunch of other factors that we. We know and, and play here, and just look. We, we talk about ageism as you know the baby boomer problem. Then we say, well, there's there could potentially be political changes here. So it's it's by no means a critique of any type of the government, but there's some interesting dynamics here. You you can't just write off oh, the military is so good at right record keeping, and this is why it happens. I'm like, topically, yeah, it sells really good, and it's a very clean way of expressing it. But I guarantee you, it's a lot more complicated than that. No, that's fair. That's interesting when you think about it. Like, it's almost Game of Thrones, like in the in the machinations that could happen in the background. Yeah. So, oh, <laughs> I, did I blow your mind? <laughs> you did a little bit. Well, you always do. Whenever I bring up something like like issues that happen, you always have this kind of different slightly different insight that i never would have thought about like you know there's a different angle here like who benefits was it qui bono like who benefits here and what 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 could happen so you're asking those questions and it's kind of it's kind of interesting to to hear that take i like that um but yeah it what it it sucks because now my point was deflated and i was going to make a whole (laughs) cool argument (laughs) about record keeping (laughs) it's so interesting (laughs) oh man (laughs) but i just i you know it's the fact okay so any listener who doesn't know what's going on you've been living under a rock clearly but um Basically, what did I? Where did I read it? Ah, uh, shit! I have it. You still there? I'm still here. No. Oh. So yeah, just in the article, here's just a small highlight. It, it says the soldiers reported witnessing cockroaches, flies, and rotten food. Residents left in soiled diapers and crying out for help for lengthy periods without any response. Uh, at one facility, residents had not been bathed in weeks. That is disgusting. Have the okay? So I heard the the government of Ontario is doing an investigation, uh, and there could be criminal charges laid, uh, especially for those uh, homes that are operated by uh, operated private privately or owned privately. Um, well, like what are the odds of that actually going through, and you see a criminal prosecution of the owners of these properties? Uh, I I don't know. Um... I don't, I don't know all the guidelines, but 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 if you read into it too, uh, and if if you don't think this is a politically charged situation, you need to read a, a heck of a lot more. The reason is is 
the provincial government inspects these facilities. Mm. Okay. So Ford criticized the inspectors as unionists because he, he hates unions. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what the so, fuck's going on there? But, 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 but hold on, hold on. So, but the Ford government told the union employees not to go to work unless they absolutely had to. So okay. they couldn't do their usual inspections. So they're panicking. <laughs> so you started seeing going, okay, what doesn't make sense here? Yeah. This is a political hot potato, um, which I don't think the Ford government has the full experience to solve. Um, do we want to take on these personal care homes as a uh, private uh, public sector area responsibilities? Mm, I don't. I I think I think there needs to be some sort of system put in place for it. I'm not sure if we should open up personal care homes to everybody because I'm not sure what the cost is. I don't know how many people go in. Uh, is it just purely a dumping ground um, for people? But ultimately, well, like, if, you, if you can't afford a personal care home, you get dumped into the health care system, which is more expensive. So I don't know. Well, like the, the, the surface, like looking at it from the surface, the way people are going to interpret this and the way that I certainly have thought about it is, well, clearly we have failed in taking care of our elderly. And that's kind of like the surface argument. Um, but is that is that really like I think you're raising good questions. Is, is that something that we really are we able to actually take on? Like, how do I don't know how to. Obviously, something needs to be done about this. Um, people need to be somebody is to blame for this situation that we that, you know, these homes find themselves in now and something needs to be done about that. But I, I have a what happens what happens down the road? Um, like, are we going to be able to assume the responsibility for taking care of our elderly as as a society through, you know, taxi through our taxes uh, and through programs? Uh, go ahead. The problem is, is that the, do you think that there's only one kind of personal care home? I don't know. So and what just if I told by you asking me that question now, I don't if I did before. Well, there's different levels. And then what if I told you the breadth and variety of personal personal care? Um, is like hotel chains. I know they're not all created equal. I know some are better than others because they're probably better funded than others. Like that, that's well, they're, that's they're the complete, extent of my knowledge. A lot of them are, are, are actually chains. They're, okay. Like, they're corporations. And oh, some wow. are, are, are literally chains. So you could have all from personal care, so absolute, like getting up, getting up out of bed, setting you upright and f helping you being fed, toileting and all those things, um, issuing meds to assisted living where you basically have your own apartment and you walk in and out and then someone knocks on the door a couple times a day, make sure you're still alive and cuts your toenails. Yeah. Cause you can't bend over that far anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's a, yeah. there's a gamut. And then what is a retiring community? Some, some of them are, you know, $5,000 a month. So they're, they're not cheap places to live. So if, if some of them are five to $10,000 a month and some are what a CPP pays, 
you understand that there's a that's a pretty good game. CPP is like a grand if you're lucky. Um, so five thousand dollars a month is 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 like luxury room room and board, and thousand dollars per month. What do you have? Yeah, you get a cut. Uh, <laughs> you get caught and caught cockroaches is what you get. Yeah, that's uh, what you get. So. There, there, there's huge gamuts and huge inequalities here. So what is the limit? So, but, but watch this now. If I'm saying the personal care home limit, okay, we don't want people dying on the streets, needs to be affordable by CPP, then that changes things, doesn't it? So you change, the, you change the boundaries by which it has to operate under? Yes, but then you also change CPP. Oh, really? Well, think about it. So they go, you mean change CPP as in now there's another envelope coming out of? There's another another envelope. Yeah. Another potential criticism. Like, you mean it would increase CPP? Like your your, uh, deductions towards it or... Or it would no CPP itself. The, the income you generate from CPP is insufficient to pay for your personal care home at end of life. So then, it the 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 natural thing to do would to be increase CPP, right? And, and some people CPP. would, yeah. who, which who means CPP? increase in taxes, right? Yeah. Who runs CPP? Well, the federal government, right? Hmm. They're not going to go for that. I don't know. No. Hmm. Think about it, like. Think of all the different avenues that this plays into and how complex the situation is. So one thing is that you can flog personal hair for, for doing, stu- doing stupid, inhumane things. But then you have people that can't afford to be in the personal care home that they're in. So the personal care home is not make, making any money, which doesn't actually have a system based on performance. It has a system based on the number of people that are there and still breathing, which is a lot like the slave trade. We know what happens to slave trade. It wasn't really good for the people that were in it. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So then, so then you go back and you say, well, in order to improve quality, we need to put more money in the system, but they don't have any more money. The only way they're going to get money is if increase CPP. The only way to increase CPP is increase taxes. And it comes this vicious circle. Yeah. So that's why the army was kind of placed in the middle of it. I'm not sure if they understood that they, they were. But uh, it's kind of an interesting problem. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't even want to open up another can. <laughs> we're at a, we're almost at an hour of recording, so uh, we could talk about murder hornets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No, by the thanks. way there are no murder hornets in ontario just want to make that clear well, there's turkey vultures but anyway. there's turkey vultures but there are no murder hornets in ontario um i well i hope we get to i'm, I'm hoping that we get to bring dr green on here because i want to talk about the space launch but just kind of as a surface look did you did you watch the space the uh, spacex launch uh today no, but I heard the other one blew up yesterday. The other one? Well, their prototype blew up yesterday. Oh, their prototype blew up yesterday? I didn't hear that. Huh. I know they well, they had to scrub the scrub the launch on Wednesday. 
Wednesday yeah, well, or you, Thursday. Yeah, separated. So I guess he must he must be uh, Doctor Green must be drunk and happy right now. Oh, for sure he is. He's probably he's probably wasted. <laughs> Yay, space! <laughs> I honestly, I thought it was cool. Um, I I watched the launch live, and uh, you know, with all the bullshit that's going on, it was kind of like it was kind of like a breath of fresh air, and uh, it, it was kind of nice to see that. Like, I felt. I started thinking about it because you know how much I like to think. Um, I started thinking about it a little bit and I thought this must be how people who saw explorers leaving the ports to go to the new world felt. You know, they're sitting at the dock and they're watching these ships sail off into the horizon or they are. Um, it, or peop, even just recently, people watching the first Apollo missions go up, um, watching those those shuttles launch, like or watching those uh, those craft launch. Like I imagine that's how they must have felt, because I got goosebumps as soon as I started watching this thing, uh, seeing it like you know you have the countdown and everything goes up. And I had my son there with me. I was just like, this is, it's kind of cool to know where I was when when this happened. And it's, I mean, we've sent people up into space before. They've gone to the, they've gone to ISS. But the the one thing that makes this different than other launches uh, previous to it is, first of all, it's SpaceX uh, is involved, and it's I think what they said it's the first manned flight that includes the Falcon Nine uh, rocket, which is, uh, from what I understand, it's a reusable rocket, so it's be mm. it's supposed to be able to cut costs. Mm-hmm. on being able to get people into space because they have as soon as it deploys from the the main um like as they're as they're shooting off into the into orbit as it's deployed it separates from the main craft and then it begins landing procedures back onto uh, a seafaring craft on the ocean and it just lands right back on it and and then they can go back and reuse it instead of having to, having to build a whole new rocket to send send people into space which is good that's great that's it's it's a milestone okay not to minimize your feeling because let's save all those feelings for dr green okay if that's okay and yeah. just because you know the last one i watched was on february 1st 2003 and it okay. blew up with the people on board <laughs> yeah <laughs> which one was that okay so challenger was uh, way columbia. back this is columbia that's right yeah. When they okay. ended the program, uh, so so let's uh, let's let's put a let's put a pin in that and uh, and hopefully let's get Doctor Green out here, and uh, he can talk to us all about it. It'd be good uh, good little foreshadowing. I like it. Cool. All right. So wanna, uh, should we sum up here? Ooh, sum up. We talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, we talked about uh, shitty so things happening in the states, <laughs> shitty things happening in Ontario. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I think because because I, I try and look for a thread and all the things. It's not like I can't remember what we what we talked about. Um, I, I think the thread is 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 that understanding that there's always more to the story. Um, and we can cast judgment on the front, what we see at the surface of what it is. And we can cast lab- put labels on it. We can legislate it. And we can try and regulate it based on what really happens on the surface. All our stories that we talked about today 
have much deeper roots than we often give credit for or we often want to acknowledge. But in order to to resolve them, we have to take the time to unpack what they really are and what changes will have an effect on them and dealing with the second order effects of those changes. You know, we don't take medication without first trialing it and understanding what the side effects are. Mm-hmm. So alcohol consumption leads to vomiting if you keep it up. Mm-hmm. So under, so the moral of the story today is that when we, when we talk about was it, was it racism, whether it's personal care homes, whether it's uh, anything to do with hope and associated with, with uh, space programs, there are consequences, there are things we give up in order to achieve achieve a particular outcome. But we can, we can overcome them by working together and being mature about it. So that's all I got. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. See you next week. See you next week. Man, we are at exactly one hour. Wow, cool. that's, a, that's a record. being drawn nobody's right if everybody's wrong paranoia strikes deep into your life it will creep it starts when you're always afraid and you step out of line the man come and take you away as a loyal listener you probably knew this tune was coming a long way after all you can see it in the title of the episode and whiskey mentioned it near the beginning We're watching history repeat itself time and again, and every time it seems like it's worse than before. Songs like Buffalo Springfield's For What It's Worth are more relevant than ever. Anyway, I'll let Whiskey do the proselytizing. He's better at it than I am. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of Whiskey and Rocks, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us out even more if you spread the word and share us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter. We are at Whiskey and Rocks One. The link is in the description. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for more 320 Club. strikes deep into your life. It will creep. It starts when you're always afraid. Step out of line. The man come and take you away. We better stop. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Better stop now. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Better stop.